What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, and Dr. Wes Hendricks. <laughs> Where we talk about all things health-related. We're going to really dig into all sorts of information and all sorts of terrible misinformation. So this week, um, well, last week, I interviewed Wes, and you know we actually had one person listen. There was actually, I just checked, there was 40 40 people downloaded it. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure 40 people listen. Maybe they listen for like one second. They're like, this is terrible. I'm turning this off. They're like, this was an accident. Wrong podcast. (laughs) This isn't even about health anymore. So um, anyway, uh, we're going to switch it up. And he's going to interview me for this week. And then we've already got a few cool uh, guests lined up. I've been told Wes this. Um, for the next couple weeks. So we hope to have some really cool stuff in the future. And we're going to let um, Wes take it from here. So I guess you're on the hot spot now and I get to ask you questions, huh? Yes. It's going to be All awesome. Right. Let, let's just start. Let's start from the beginning here. So when when is your birthday? It's, what's the day and month? September 19th, 1982. All right. So September, September back, back in 82 from now. How did you start there and get from here? And kind of, I, I want more bullet points here. Like, how did we get to the point where you're now, you know, owner of Made to Move, you know, you're doing this PT entrepreneur thing also. Like, kind of, let, let's get, I want kind of from start to finish more or less, and then we can kind of pick it apart. Man, okay. Like, all right. So, um, I was born and raised in Charleston. Um, my parents are both from Switzerland. And so I had, you know, an unusual upbringing that's kind of a mix of European style and, you know, a true Southern upbringing, <laughs> which, you know, I don't know how that meshed really well, but it, but it, you know, seemed to do okay. Um, and I had, <clears throat> when I was, I was the only child for 10 years, and then I had a special needs uh, little sister. Uh, okay. was a, um, she was born um, healthy and she actually got spinal meningitis when she was three months old. It was a viral kind that was actually pretty darn um, serious and ended up having a solid amount of brain damage and developmental disabilities. She was deaf. She had cerebral palsy. So obviously super tough on the family and kind of changed the way my childhood was, in my opinion, um, for the better. Um, And I mean, she was amazing um, and my parents dealt with it really well. You know, it's definitely a huge reason that I'm a physical therapist today. Um, you know, it's just because, you know, the impact um, that her physical therapist had on her and kind of vice versa was kind of a really special relationship. You know, um, like I said, she was developmentally disabled. So she had probably more along the lines of like a six to 10 month old um, mental capacity for her entire life. But just the connection that I saw that they had, like she was always super excited when she came and physical therapy was super painful for her because like stretching, you know, spastic muscles is not fun. You know what I mean? But like every time the therapist walked in, she was super happy. Every time she left, she was super happy, gave her a hug. So it was cool to kind of be part of that journey 
Um, and <clears throat> I was also like super active growing up. I played a lot of soccer and I dislocated my kneecap um, when I was during my JV soccer tryouts, like dislocated my knee and it got stuck laterally, like oh. stuck. So just had just stayed there. So my first encounter with my coach was me basically cussing him out on the field. And this was like a non-traumatic thing. I just cut on it wrong and it just, whoop, yeah. my kneecap went left and my body went right and it just got stuck there. So they had this like, you know, emergency room picked me up, gave me multiple shots of like morphine. And then I barely remember, but they just kind of straightened my knee and went back into place. And so I had to rehab it a bunch and <clears throat> ended up doing it three or four more times. Eventually had a lateral release surgery um, and I've had multiple issues for the left knee, but you know, luckily, um, through physical therapy and multiple other means, I'm pretty much <clears throat> unlimited in what I can do, which, which is nice. I mean, there's still some issues, but I'm able to run CrossFit, play soccer, do all that stuff, kind of no problems. But so, um, yeah, I went to high school, um, decided to go to college at Charleston. I always knew I wanted to be, be a PT. I really never really even gave anything else a shot. Um, did three years of um, undergrad, three years of PT school, thought I wanted to do pediatrics, ended up doing that for two years, um, worked for the school system, did some baby net stuff, super rewarding, but super taxing. Um, and I knew I wanted to own my own business and doing that in a pediatric kind of model was just, it just ended up not being directly for me. And I wanted to be able to do um, orthopedics too. So I had to be able to meld those two worlds. So eventually I got, um, a job offer at a local PT clinic, like an outpatient ortho clinic, and was able to work there for a year, opened up my own insurance-based practice, grew that practice from zero to, you know, about 6,000 patients in a year in about four years, and then decided to um, start all over again <laughs> and do a cash pay biz, you know, and, uh, you know, for multiple reasons, I'm sure we'll get into, but just you know, wasn't super excited about insurance-based system. There's a lot of burnout for my employees and PTs and patients were really getting the care that I thought they deserved. And then I went, once I went all cash, I just had a lot more freedom to kind of like, you yeah. know, when I started made to move, just freedom to kind of use my brain and do more things. And um, just more things have kind of grown from there, whether it was PT on demand and the startup or even this kind of PT entrepreneur Facebook group. Um, you know, it's just been a lot more enjoyable and rewarding. It's just gave me a lot more creativity, creativity to do more things. Okay. So at what point in time, because we talked about a little being, let's say the creativity aspect there. And now that you have the freedom to kind of do what, we'll say do what you want here. And you're not confined to insurance. You're not confined to, you know, um, potentially based on like what insurance, you know, that patient has, you know, you're not confined to what the PCP is telling you you can or can't do or the area you can treat. Um, now that you have that freedom, at what point like, did you have that, we'll say that paradigm shift where you were just kind of like, oh, you know, exercise, you know, proper training, you know, maybe I don't need to do so much, um, you know, hands-on work, needlework, right? Like, and we can kind of circle back and where I'm like bring everyone up to speed on what I'm talking about there, but I'm more or less just being selfish and just trying to have a conversation with you here on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I it, listeners later. <laughs> there wasn't, I would think <clears throat> there wasn't like this aha moment where it was like, Oh man, all of a sudden everything has changed. It really was an evolution for me. 
I mean, what started the conversation was honestly, it was CrossFit. Like I joined a CrossFit gym and they started opening my eyes, like just little things like, Hey, you should squat below parallel. And I just started, you know, I'd been told a certain thing and really your entire life, you're just told you go to school, they tell you what's true and what's false. You believe them and you just go forward. And it's funny. Like I started thinking, it's like, well, why am I believing that? Maybe I should go back and do some research or maybe I should be open to new things. And Mm -hmm. CrossFit definitely started that journey. And, you know, my evolution was like started doing CrossFit, started researching stuff more, kind of found who Kelly Starrett was, started going down that path. um, And then just realized that there was kind of a uh, better is not the right way, but just a different way to treat people. And then I just started learning more information and just started like finding new people like Quinn Hennick and started finding new people. Um, uh, like new mentors and just started like digging more into research. And, um, and then it just, I, I swear it evolves every couple of months. And, and it's like the rule of thumb now is the more effort you have to put into something, the more rewards you're going to get. And just like, that's just, I feel like a universal rule If something's super passive. You're not going to get as much out of it as if it's super active and super hard. And um, yeah, that's all I got. There's more, but I figured that's, that's good for now. So I'm just, I'm making an assumption here, you know, when you were, when you started either when you worked at that, uh, that insurance based uh, PT place or when you started your own, were you seeing, was it kind of like a, a typical style PT, like, you know, seeing patients every 15, 25 minutes, you know, give them their exercise. What did that look like to where you're at now with made to move? Like, did that evolution match up with the kind of like your education evolution? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll try to answer the question. You can redirect me. Yeah. Yeah. So in the insurance, I probably saw one every 30 minutes <clears throat> and I don't think it was that bad. And there's some people, cause I was the boss. I could see once an hour, I got to choose who, you know, who I wanted to see for how long I had some, you know, control over that. But I always thought like back then I thought that the magic was done in the like eval room and like on the table, right? Like it was done with my hands, yeah. you know? And then the paradigm shift was like, no, the, or like, or yeah, with my hands is where the magic was done. And then you would go seal it, you know, and, and go, go do accessory work in the gym. And now it's like, no, the real work happens in the gym and the manual stuff is kind of the accessory work. And I think that was the big paradigm shift that kind of happened from where I was in the insurance based business and, um, when I started doing made to move and, and also just getting time back with the patient, actually just like sitting down and talking to them. And like, I, mean, I think that's magical above all, right. It's just being able to sit yeah. and like, even your story today, you just be able to sit and talk to somebody um, and really dig into what's going on and be able to do exactly what you felt was right for that patient. Not like, you know, how many units can I bill or will my boss get mad if I send this person away? You know what I mean? Like, it was, I think that was the most powerful tool for sure. So then at what point were you like, I need to be in a gym. I need to have a gym. I need access to weights, you know, actual strength training, real corrective exercise. What do you call it? Real, real corrective exercise. Yeah. You know, um, actually applying a real stimulus. Like at what point in time were you like, when you were deciding on made to move, how did you like come to the conclusion you wanted to be in a strength and conditioning facility? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky even beforehand, we were inside of a globo gym. So I always used, yeah. Yeah. So I always used some form of gym equipment. Um, but honestly, 
with, with, with CrossFit and then just realizing that a lot of these patterns, like, which I did, I still think it's crazy. I didn't know like hip hinging and squatting. Like I didn't even know how to teach that stuff, man. Like I had no idea how to properly squat for most of my life. Like it's pretty new to me, you know? And I just think, you know, I mean, it's uh, just thinking about that even now in my, in hindsight blows my mind. Cause that's all I really teach, right? I teach people how to hip hinge. Yeah. I teach people how to press. I teach yeah. people how to pull. And uh, before we were just doing it just because like someone told me a leg press was good to activate the VMO. And that's what I did. You know? Yeah. So um, again, I, I, it's just been this small evolutionary shift, but just realizing that just like you said, the stimulus that's needed um, to really make a change is, is the, is load, right? However, that may could be with a barbell, could be with a dumbbell, could be with just your own body weight, but um, that's where the stimulus comes from. So you didn't know about hip hinging. It just blows my mind. And I know you work with like a lot of PT students, or I know you, I think you have a, what would her official title be right now? Is she an intern? Is she a, a yeah, well, yeah, let's go intern, shadower, extraordinaire. Yep. Yeah, extraordinaire, more or less. Um, you know, and she's just going to be a small sample size, but are, are PT students now learning like how to hip inch, how to squat, how to teach to their patients correctly or no? I would say some are because when, when, when I was in school, I can't remember one person who was talking about what we're talking about, not one. And now there's probably four or five in every class. So it's better, but obviously yeah. there's 62 people in the class, right? Like very few of them. And it's really just because the evolution of CrossFit and, and people yeah. talking about Olympic weightlifting, right? Like, yeah, man, I don't, that, that does blow my mind, right? Like, I didn't know what a hip hinge was. I didn't know that was in the thing. Like, I was just like, don't round your back. Or like, that's that's all I knew. I didn't even know how to teach that. <laughs> uh, so then with, with CrossFit, did you like just try it one day and you're like, I'm hooked. I'm going back five days a week. Or was it like, I'll try Like, how did you, like, especially with a PT where you're like, you can't squat below parallel, hip hinging. I need to be leg pressing. Like, how did you even like, get into CrossFit, start CrossFit. So my wife drugged me in to see, to Robert's class. She's like, you need to try this. I'm like, this sounds stupid. I'm not doing this. <laughs> was, was this in Daniel Island or was it the downtown gym? Yeah, it was the Daniel Island there. gym, you know, and it okay. was, yeah, it was over there in the public's parking lot. And it was just like, once I went in for one session, I was like, man, this is fun. Like, cause, cause you're in the gym and when you're all just doing bicep curls and bench press like it's kind of boring you're in there for hour 15 minutes you don't really sweat this was like 20 minutes of just like awesomeness and i was like i am totally hooked on this you know what i mean and um it just the intensity is what drew me to it and then um just being able to challenge myself not mentally but physically as well yeah do you remember your first uh crossfit workout like what you guys did that day no i mean i remember rowing like some sort of like rowing for time and like some sort of like uh I don't think it was thrusters, but it was like back squats or something. Cause he was like, you need to go lower than that. I'm like, no, I'm not allowed to. And we got into that whole discussion I'm that day. Allowed. I'm not allowed to, I'll hurt my knees. Don't make me do it. I mean, oh God, that was only like five, six years ago. Like that's just it's shameful for me to say, I should be in the shame corner. <laughs> so, but do you think these, these PT students that, you know, these four or five, these rogue PT students in their classes, do you think the, or do you know, like are schools teaching this or is this just because we have the evolution of like Instagram, Facebook, people like Quinn, people like Kelly, you know, people like Greg Cook. Um, like are schools coming around to this? I know chiropractic school isn't. No, no way. Not even close, man. Like, and, and even 
they're probably getting a dose of it, but they don't think it's applicable to everybody, right? So they they know that it works for them, but they probably won't even, they don't use it on their patients. Like telling them that they should use it on their patients blows their mind too. So, you know, it's, we have such a long way to go as far as the curriculum and being able to incorporate strength conditioning and, and these kind of basic movements in there. It's just not taught. It's just, you get so little of it and such out, so outdated. How do you think you go about, like, how, how would you make change to do that? Like, how does that start? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I feel like what's happening now is just you got to do it from a grassroots cultural shift level. Like we just got to start having the conversations with other PTs first, right? And just start showing that <clears throat> or just talking about it. If we can just start talking about it at that, at some point, it's going to catch on and then it'll be more mainstream. And once it's mainstream, then we can start teaching it. But dude, we're probably 10, 15 years away from any kind of change like that. I think it's just, there's, it's That's just... Hard. Well, the problem is, why do you go to PT school? You go to PT school to pass your boards, right? Yeah, right. Less, yeah. yeah, I had this conversation with Quinn. And and that's the issue is like, so you're going to study what's on the test. You think a, a proper hip hinge is going to be a question on a on a chiro board exam or a PT board exam? But it should be. Not. It should be. But I mean, dude, we're so far away from that because it's not conventional wisdom continues to be, you know, all the things that we're talking about, the misinformation that if you round your back, your, your disc is going to explode. Um, you know what I mean? If you put your knees past your toes, you're going to tear your ACL. You know what I mean? That's still conventional wisdom, but that's got to change first. And then it can be part of educational curriculum. Oh, 10 to 15 more years. I don't think I'm, I don't have the patience. <laughs> we quit. We're both. We're just going to be uh, CrossFit coaches and trainers now. I, it's okay. oh, I can't deal with it. Oh. <laughs> you just got to go one at a time, man. That's just, if I can just affect one person, I'm going to be happy. I just, that's the only way you can do it. You just got to be okay with that. All right. So then let, let's talk about just PT patient treatment first. So the thing I, I've started to notice more and more, I, and I didn't realize this until recently on how psyched you are or how much you're into or how much you know, with regards to that whole, we'll call it that PT entrepreneurial mm -hmm. group area or whatever. Yep. Uh, I didn't realize that was such a big aspect um, of you. So, so what if we had to choose one, if we got to a crossroad one day and it was like, you can treat patients forever or you can influence other PTs and help them grow their business, where would we go? Oh my God. I can't do both. This is a world where I have to choose. Is that correct? You have to choose one. Like, which one gets you more excited? Oh, dude, that's really hard. I would choose to do both just for the record, but if I, it, here's, I'll give you some reasoning as to, well, if I had to choose one, it'd be, P, it, work this out, problem solve it. it'd be PT entrepreneurs because, because if I'm one person, I can only see so many patients in a week and a day, right? If I can teach other PTs to do the same stuff that I do, now I can treat, essentially I can by proxy yeah. treat hundreds, thousands of patients a day. Yeah. So um, if uh, that would be my reasoning to do that. It's tough though. Like I, I enjoy the treatment side. I don't want to lose that, but yeah, if I had to pick it for sure would be that. Cause I feel like I could have a bigger influence and, and um, you know, help more people that way. I, that was a, that was a really good answer. Like a, <laughs> I've thought about it a lot. Like, it was such a good answer. It was like a cop out where you're still doing both. It was a creative way to, to still do both. <laughs> I like what you did there. It was really clever. 
Yeah, I told you, I think about this stuff a lot, man. I'm at a crossroads now because we just we just hired a PT and I've got to peel my patient care back to 10 visits a week. I'm actually going to do that. I'm trying. I don't want to give it up because I also want to stay grounded. But, um, you know, I am going to start doing the PT entrepreneur stuff more. I'm really I really want to. So I, I want to dive into this a little more here. Um, do we need to give some context to listeners on like what PT entrepreneur is? If you give like an elevator pitch or a sentence on how to describe it? Yeah, no, for sure. So. Um, Danny Matei and I just started a PT entrepreneur Facebook group and let's just call it a movement. Um, and it's a place where healthcare professionals, um, can come in and for the lack of a better word, try to take control of their profession back, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be private pay, cash pay, PT in a gym, although that is our niche and that's what we're doing. But we're trying to just help people to realize that they have other options and they have more potential than they think that they have, right? That they can go out and they can um, create a carve out their own little piece of the world. Yeah, I, I like that. So we were talking about this the other day, um, and I was and I was actually blown away by because I joined the Facebook group, um, and I was blown away by how many people were in there, how many questions were being asked, you know. And I and I was and I kind of felt like the odd man out because like I was like I don't know how many other chiropractors are in there. Yeah. And that kind of, we got into the discussion. You were like. We, we were saying that, you know, PTs, like they want this, they need this, they're asking questions, you know, and a lot of PTs are asking these questions about squatting, hip hinging, you know, strength training for their athletes as opposed to, you know, the, we can call them the stork explanations that we used last week. Um, why do you think PTs are asking for this now? Like, why do you think they're having more people are asking these questions? Because they're super frustrated. I think they realize that they go in and they start treating some of these patients and they're using TheraBands and they're doing manual treatments and they may not be getting the results and making the changes that they want. You know, that's, that's one just on a clinical level on an additional level. Like I think it's also being driven by money and just the healthcare system. So if you have to treat 20 patients in a day, you have to do three to four hours of paperwork in a day you are going to not enjoy your job, right? And so <laughs> I just, you know, even if you love it, at some point that there's a burnout factor there. And so now also there's just more cash-based PT practices and we're more vocal about it. So we see four to five people a day. We spend a lot of time in the gym. We make uh, health and lifestyle changes. And I think everybody understands that that's the way to true health. And so um they just, they didn't think it was possible and now they, sh they see that it is possible. And so now they want to ask questions of how they can get there. And again, that's probably the PT entrepreneur movement is education on the business and the mindset and all that stuff, as well as the clinical stuff as well. All right. I, I like that answer. That was a, that was a, that was another solid answer. Oh man, I got, okay. Two for two. <laughs> oh man. These are like, these are so much more deeper answers. Like my answers, I feel like, yeah. That sounds okay. I'll oh, go with that. Hey, man, we got yin and yang. You're a lot funnier than I am. I'm too serious. <laughs> yeah. Default tacos. Or I'm just going to handstand. Forget about, forget about this question he was asking. Nothing wrong with tacos, man. So so do you like the whole, you know, I've seen your office. you got a nice little office inside of a gym. Would the dream one day to be to, like, have, you know, is is there an expansion on that? Do we have more locations? Do you just have your own massive, not real PT clinic? Like, what, what does that look like? Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's two things that we're doing right now. One is 
we're trying to create more of these micro practices like I have. So I have a small practice, you know, let's call it 100 or 200 square feet in a gym that's an eval room. And then most of our treatment gets done at the gym. I think that's an amazing model. It's low overhead. Anybody can do it. And so I'm trying to create the made to move brand and create more people who want to do the same model as me. I'm going to give them the brand, I'm going to give them the business systems. And I'd love to create more of those locally in the Charleston community. You know, we got probably three, maybe four coming out hopefully this year. Okay. Yep. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I still think at some point, and I don't, I think Charleston can at some point support it, but I need to be in a better place business wise. Um, but I'd love to have a centralized location. That's just honestly just a badass gym that has Cairo PT, possibly um, orthopedic or a DO, you know, yeah, yeah. multiple healthcare and fitness professionals. It's almost like a human performance lab or center where we all can kind of treat somebody from any point in the continuum and have all the services right there. Like, yeah, man, that's the dream. Like that would be, God, that would be amazing. Um, but it's probably tough to find that many people aligned. Um, but it's doable, right? They're out there, you know, contact us anytime if you're out there. Uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to let you know. Oh man, yeah. Well, we'll we'll keep, we'll keep searching. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I still like for whatever reason I keep circling back to these PT student school questions. Yeah, and I don't know because like I actually got some, and I was blown away. I actually got a few messages on Instagram, um, like PT students saying they listen to the podcast. I was just like, oh man, I, we're really letting down these PT students. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm like naturally like going back to these questions. Sure. So I'm. I'm just curious, and it seems like you you seem to know what you're doing here, more or less. So I'm going to go with your a decent source on this. Okay, shoot. If you could add add in one class for PT students, would you do strength and conditioning or treatment based class, kind of your approach to treatment, or would you do more of an entrepreneurial class? You know, this is how you run a cash based business, micro gym, kind of what you're talking about. What do you think PT students need to know more about at this point in time? Man, <clears throat> you just you're great at asking questions, especially putting me like in a corner. So I would say I would say the entrepreneurship stuff, right? Because the the clinic side is it's you just can't force people into that. They need to have their own kind of like way to get there, right? I don't think you can force that on people. Um and that information's out there if you want to seek it out. The entrepreneurial stuff, man, that stuff's hard. Like that takes a lot. That's like a mindset shift. Most people just don't understand that they have more control than they think they do. It's just, it's a huge mindset. So I would feel like getting more business and entrepreneurial training um, and mindset training would be the most beneficial to students for sure. Okay, so that's coming to MUSC 2021, probably. Yeah, yeah, man, I already did one. Like they invited me for one lecture, dude. I went, I went to town on health promotion, and but they didn't boo you out. They didn't boo me out. I got, I didn't get a standing applause either. But you know, they asked a lot of questions afterwards. I'll take that as oh, a good thing. I wouldn't even make it through an entire lecture if I went to to Sherman for a lecture. So it's okay. So <laughs> Except if it was on handstands, then oh, you yeah, could talk. On handstands, that's totally different. It's like a non-biased topic. You know? <laughs> neutral ground you know we're, we're we're good with that so <laughs> got that one down pat we're gonna work on it though man you're asking the right questions i like it all right so so i want to know what and you and i'm gonna steal some years from last week because you got to go first here sure i, I want to know the the thing that annoys you the most 
you know, you, you brought up, you know, like, and you were talking about like misconceptions, you know, you use the knees over the toes example. You know, I said mine was you don't have to kill yourself when you work out to get a good workout. Mm-hmm. What is like a health and fitness, health and wellness misconception that just drives you insane? Oh man, that one's easy. That movement, that any movement is in and of itself bad, right? Cool, so like yeah. people think if I round my back, just like we talked about, something's going to happen. Or if my knees go over my toes, or even if I twist my knee in like that kind of ACL, like that's a bad movement. There is no movement that is inherently bad. Like your body was made to move in different ways on purpose. Yes, we're made to move people. (laughs) I picked a good name, I swear. It comes up a lot in my, just naturally. But yeah, I mean, everyone's, and I still deal with it all the time. It's like, well, why are you gonna do that? Or like, oh God, that's gonna be bad. I'm like, why? Like we have to really question why is that bad? You know, like even like sitting in a, in a rounded posture, is that inherently bad? No. Is it bad if I do it eight hours a day, 40 hours a week for seven years straight? Yes, that is bad. But that movement in and of itself is not a bad thing. So, um, man, if we just, if we all understood that we would make leaps and bounds, um, you know, forward. That was a, that was a, another really good answer. I, I like that one. I feel like that puts mine, my last week one to shame. Oh, stop it, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, such a good, that's such a good answer. Oh, I'm, I'm blushing on the other side of this. If you can't see the video, but you know, I'm blushing. Uh, not, not until I do some of my hair can we start doing videos. <laughs> Dude, the samurai bun is legit. Go check that stuff out. I'm telling you, rebuild. I'm going to say it every year. The samurai bun is a whole new level. Not in a handstand. You're going to have to blow your head emoticons everywhere. We're going to have a hashtag for it soon. Oh, yes. All right. So a couple other just like random questions now. Yep. So everyone, everyone, everyone seems to have some sort of, or, you know, it's a big thing right now. Morning routine. Um, do you have any sort of even evening routine? Do we have any sort of routine in general? Is there anything you do like consistent, like wake up, meditate, hot shower, sauna, sit on top of a mountain, you know? Man, I want to do that stuff so bad. And I really attempt like, <clears throat> I'd love to meditate every day. I'd love to go for an hour walk a day. I would love to, you know, read 10 pages of a book every single day. The consistency is not there. I mean, it's like consistent over a week, but it's not every single day. Like it's just, there's too many irons in the fire. If I had my way though, all those things would happen. I would say I probably consistently block off an hour of either workout or movement time every single morning. Like, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it's later, but not, like at some point I'm working out, I'm doing something um, every single day, you know, um, that's probably the most, and I mean, I spend, I, I put my kids to bed and take them to school every morning. So like that's, I try to block off time for family. You can't just, just squat all day. Although that would be awesome. Uh, that would be pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you can answer this question, but how many other PTs do you think are working out on a regular basis or training on a regular basis? Dude, not even enough. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. let's look at the statistics. Like, and I would assume PTs aren't any different. How many people are overweight and not exercising on a regular basis, right? It's yeah. like 60% of people are overweight, not exercise. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you can probably say the same thing for PTs, maybe a little bit less, but let's go 50%, right? So, you know, yeah. if I had to guess, I'd say 50%, if not less than that, we're probably working out and moving moving on a consistent basis, which sucks. But, you know, it's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to create awareness. I, I, th- I think they need to add, uh, and uh, somebody put this as like a meme the other day. 
that I think it was with regards to, it might have been Ryan, um, with regards to classes, that all chiropractic schools should have an hour, a mandatory hour of strength and conditioning every day. Oh. So they, they implement that at PT school as well? Oh, for sure. I've been trying to do this forever. Like there's a guy, Scotty Butcher. He's a PT in Canada. He's also a professor. And he brought his, the whole PT class in to do like a squat and deadlift seminar. And I've been yeah. begging MUSC to do me that. I'm, I'm still going to keep hammering. I was like, just let all PT students just, you know, first year, second, whatever, just come in one hour for their, you know, they have a, um, I don't know what they call it. It's not called strength and conditioning. It's called, you know, therapeutic exercise or something. And like, yeah. just let me teach a one hour class on the squat and the deadlift. Like, I think it'd be really beneficial. Um, I agree with that completely, man. Like we should all learn that. It should be honestly in grade school. Let's, let's go one up, man. Like everybody should learn how to squat, deadlift, hip hinge, lunge, pull, push, hell, handstand. I'm going to... Thinking like you have kids. What 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 do they do in gym class now? Do they do it? Like, they play dodgeball and soccer and basketball. Like you know, do they play dodgeball? Do they, I don't think they use those like intense red balls anymore. I don't think they're allowed. To. Oh right, yeah, they're like imaginary balls at this point. It's like, oh, he got me. No, I, I think they still use like the real fluffy ones. <laughs> <laughs> no one's allowed to come out, be out because it's a negative. Exactly. Oh yeah, we can probably do a whole podcast about that stuff, but. Let's not go there. Let's stay out of the politics. Let's just talk about stuff we know. Uh, yeah, it works right. <laughs> All right. So Instagram. So for I don't know about you, but for me, you know, first thing I do when I go on Instagram or eventually, you know, I've got three, four people on Instagram. I regularly check their profiles. Like they're the top three people that I have. Like if I hit my search bar, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Who are your top three? We'll, we'll say stock. Who are the top three people you stalk on a regular basis on Instagram? Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. Um, I don't even know if I have a top three, but for sure, number one is Quinn. Okay. Um, the other one would be – it's another clinical athlete guy like um, uh, Derek Miles. I stalk yours a lot. I like your handstand stuff, man. It just comes no, up a lot. Yeah, and look, well, let's go like Facebook too, because that opens me up. Because I don't do a ton of Instagram. Yeah, social media in general would be for sure. Let's say Quinn stuff, um, Greg Knuckles stuff. I like a lot, um, okay. and then Greg Lehman stuff, the pain science stuff. Like yeah, yeah. those three are are pretty huge for me. I like those a lot. Okay, I like those. Those 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 are good. Um, so let's talk about something maybe not PT school related now or PT related that anyone could do. I think you asked me this last week too. Okay. So we have random people in Charleston listening. What, as a physical therapist, what was the, the number one thing somebody should start doing today if they never want to see you in the office? Lift something heavy. Lift something heavy? Lift with something heavy and carry it around for five minutes and then put Ooh. it back down. Oh, that's really anything. It doesn't need to be like a weight in the gym. It could be a, an animal or a child, preferably their child. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As long as it is, it feels heavy to them. Right. Yes. I, I like farmer's care. It's like anybody can do it. You don't need to teach it. You just pick it up. You walk around with it. You put it back down. Like that's, that's usually what we use here if we don't have time to get into hip hinging and squatting because I think that stuff's a skill. So Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a good that's, one. That, that's a really good one. <laughs> I answered questions that I think about a lot. You know, I asked you questions that I think about a lot. So it's good I'm getting these back. <laughs> All right. Top, so this is another one I need to know for me because I live downtown. Top three restaurants I want to go to in Charleston. Oh, man. I heard Zero George is supposed to be amazing, although I've never been. 
Okay. And um, husk for brunch. And oh, I been there for brunch yet. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay. And then Monero. Have you been to a Monero? Tell me you've been to Monero. Yeah, I've been to Monero. Oh, okay, I was about to say that would be, dude. We're getting a, a taco, high end taco place on Daniel Island. I know we can start doing the podcast at the the taco place on Daniel Island. <laughs> it might be a little loud, but we can try. We can try. I'm no, about to get. It. Good. And they're gonna spot. They're gonna be. We're gonna. One of my goals in life is to have a taco sponsor. So this will be our. Uh, That's actually not a terrible idea. They they can sponsor the podcast. Yeah, and then just get, yeah, dude. Okay, we'll do it. I like it. They'll be starting out too. We'll be like, we have 40 listeners. Like, do you want those people in your restaurant or not, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Favorite movie? The Big Lebowski. Ooh, how'd you? That's good. God, That's a good one. You didn't even hesitate. You were just like, bam. Dude, it's the right. best movie of all time. Anytime a movie has its own fest. It's a little big Lebowski fest that's been going on for 15 years. I still haven't been. I want to. I was about to say, have you been to it? No, not yet. But like, I don't know. Me and my friends, we quote that movie all the time. It's just like, it's just ever classic. Like it probably comes up at least once or twice a week where I'm quoting that movie. You can ask my my uh, employees. <laughs> so is that is that part of the hiring process? If you want to work at Made to Move, you need to be able to quote that movie. Oh, you need to be able to quote some sort of movie, yeah. Or at least at least laugh when I when somebody else quotes a movie. If you can't understand that, yeah, you're not made to move material. Let me tell you that. You're not made to move. Material. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, your theme song. Oh my god! You know what? Honestly, let's go with "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster." Oh, that's a, Remember that's from true. Office Space, like Michael Bolton when he's in the car? Have you seen Office Space? Yes, that's where I got it from. That's the, that is such a good song. It's just like, if I had to walk out on stage, I, I feel like, um, it, it, yeah, that, that's just, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know if it's the best, but definitely the first one that comes to my mind. Uh, no time favorite, to think. Favorite thing to treat? Oh, knees, because I, oh, God, no, lately? Honestly, shoulders right now, man. Like, shoulders, okay. yeah, like... People just have a tough time. Like we don't do anything overhead anymore. So like yeah. people just don't even know what it's like to lock out an elbow or get true shoulder range of motion. It's like, I've had anything from like, you know, seven-year-old woman to like 20-year-old, like professional baseball players. And like, I can treat them all the same kind of with your little floor angel trick. Like it's yeah, yeah. that stuff just opens people. And it's so, it's so easy too. It's like, Hey, here are these three things to do. And you're going to get better. I don't have to do anything else. Just go do these. And um, yeah, it's shoulders right now. It used to be knees because I had knee problems, but it's shoulders right now for sure. You're saying people can safely raise their arms up overhead. That's okay. Right. Even if they have a disc issue or shoulder issue, you actually should lift your arms over your head completely. So, Oh, man. Oh, All right. Blowing so, minds. I think I know the answer to this one. Favorite exercise is farmer's carries then in the gym? Favorite exercise to give to patients or favorite exercise for me to do personally? For you to do personally. Oh, or I love even, Let's just take it one further. If you could do one exercise for the rest of your life. Oh, squat. I'd squat every single day. I would squat heavy every single day. I just love it. There's something about it. I don't know why. So is that front squat versus back squat? Back squat. Back squat. Back squat. Back squat. High bars? Yeah, high bar. I don't do that low bar stuff, man. I can't. I... I mean, I've never tried, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but like I've always learned high bar. It's more Olympic lifting style. Um, definitely high bar. So sneakers, only lifting bare shoes. Bare, bare feet, man. There's no better way to work out than bare feet for sure. I mean, I like lifters sometimes, but just I want to be feel connected to, to Mother Earth. 
Ooh, I like that. That's 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 very hippie. Very organic. <laughs> well, I got a little hippie in me, not much. A little hippie, a little nerd, a little of everything. So I'm assuming you have PT students reach out to you on a regular basis, or you you are influential to PT students. I try to be, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I definitely want the profession to go forward for sure. But how would you? Because this is this is a downfall for me. We talked about this last week, being positive, or you know, good. What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe not self-talk. Not it wouldn't be self-talk. It'd be you know, talking to someone positively. How would you start the conversation with a PT student? You know. Um, where you're trying to push them in the right direction, you know, but not like shoving it down their throat, forcing them. Like, how, 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 what does that look like? Yeah, I, I mean, for Cairo student. it's a great, I mean, I think it's a great, great thing to talk about. I feel like if you go at it from the point of view of this worked for me, and all I want to do is I want to show you that this is an option for you, right? And I feel like that's the best way to go for because you can't make somebody make a decision, right? Like, they're not just because, um, I want them to do it this way. doesn't mean they're going to do it. They need to make, I've tried to force people to make decisions. Like, you know, if you want to get somebody to work out, like you just can't make them work out. They have to make that decision for themselves. Or if they want to start rehabbing, they have to make that decision for themselves. All I can do is provide in a clear and concise way, the information that they need. And and that's what I do. I try to provide the information and let them make that decision. Um, And then, you know, I honestly think the best way to like, let's call it persuading people is to tell people stories. So I tell them people stories of things that worked for me and how it worked. And uh, usually that's the best way to kind of make an emotional hook to get somebody to create action. Oh, okay. I like that. I'm, I'm glad I had to pull away from that rapid fire for a second. Cause I just thought about that one. Yeah. I'm just asking questions for myself here, not for anyone else. Yeah. And that book that I told you to read, uh, um, com secrets and expert secrets talks a lot about using stories and how to, you know, how to, consolidate all that stuff in your head for sure it's going to help all right the favorite book favorite book man i you know what i don't i don't know if i have a favorite book last book you read then the last book i, I mean i'm reading i'm reading uh expert secrets again right now oh, okay hold on hold on i got a good one mastery is a great freaking book and it's oh, one of my favorite that books my, uh... I can picture the cover. Is it a black cover with yep. red? Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> it's a great book, right? It just shows people like everyone thinks that they just supposed to be mediocre and like to be amazing, you have to have like this innate talent or you have to be this special person. It's like, no, it's like the person who puts the most work and most effort in is going to be a master of that craft and is going to create their own control. Like, um, and I, I, that was one of those pivotal points for me when I read the book, I was like, man, like, it's not about like my genetics or like if I'm lucky or not. It's like literally if I just keep putting time in at some point, it's, it's good things are going to happen. Like it's just, it's that, it's literally that simple. And so that's, that's a pivotal book for me for sure. Well, I'm getting that one next. Yeah. What podcast you listen to. Besides this one. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> um, I listen to the um, PT entrepreneur podcast a lot. I listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast um a lot as well so those those are the top two for sure joe rogan's is pretty awesome as well okay all right uh we haven't covered favorite food yet oh snow crab legs are just wow that's so fancy Uh, all you can eat snow crab legs since i was a kid like whenever i would get straight a's or if i got an a i'd be got i would just i would never get straight a's if i got one a i was able to go get some crab legs so that's uh 
Last one. Will you ever leave Charleston? Well, maybe. <laughs> and if so, where would that maybe be too? San Diego, man. I just visited there like two months ago. It's like, uh, it's gorgeous. There's no bugs and there's no humidity um, and there's hills. So that's nice. But I don't know, Charleston, it's obviously being born and raised, you know, living on Daniel Island and just like we went to Waterfront on Sunday and my daughter like went out there and danced with some of those hip hop dancers for 45 minutes straight. It's going to be tough to leave this town, man. There's just good food, good, you know, good people. So story where that guy jumped over like eight kids. Yeah, I probably would always have. Yeah, it was freaking amazing. If uh, <laughs> I would always have a home base here, I feel like even if I left, like it's just like, you know. I would if, if I had some flexibility and I had a little more cash in the in the bank, I definitely would uh you know have multiple houses and would always have a house in Charleston, you know? I like it. I like it. All right, that that's all I got for you, buddy. You know, I'm not gonna talk about handstands or anything with you. Yeah. Um, we, we can save that for another episode. Oh yeah. Episode ten, be some sort of anniversary episode just about handstands. How long can we physically go? To just talk about hands. I bet we could go an hour, but that's fine. Oh, I could easily talk for an hour about handstands. That'd be totally fine. Awesome. I don't know if anyone would listen for an hour on handstands. <laughs> I think we'd both be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, everybody stay tuned. Next week, we're going to actually have Robert Van Newkirk, a CrossFit discovery um, on Daniel Island and downtown owner on the podcast. And we're going to, we're going to grill him on all things CrossFit. And just so you know, he was an actor and he, um, was in a movie with mystical and he was on jeopardy. So I think it's going to be a really fun one. You should totally listen to it. I'm not just going to talk about squatting and handstands, although that's going to come up, but we'll, we'll talk about, um, Polly Shore cause he has stories about Polly Shore apparently. So it'll be a fun one next week. Oh man! I first of all, this is this is all knowledge to me. I did not know Robert was coming on. Yep. I did not know any of those things about Robert, so I am that much more excited. Oh, I'm going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> You'll be in the podcast and listen to it twice. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys and gals. See you next time. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, or we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.